My name is Robert Morrison, and this is the Things That Matter To Me podcast. This is episode number seven. <laughs> I almost forgot there for a second. Um, I, don't, I, mean, I really need to stop doing that because I'm going to run. I'm going to forget uh, on the regular. Uh, last time, you had to listen to me uh, rant and rave uh, about sports and why sports are important. And then you had to listen to my lovely story about how I became a soccer fan. Um, and I, I, I left out an important detail of uh, how I became a, a soccer fan, at least the details of that, um, partially because it's a kind of a long story, um, and secondly because it really works a lot better with a uh, with the other person who was there with me. And so I have with me a good friend of mine that I've known for many, many years now. Um, we don't have to talk about how many years it's been because I try not to do that now these days. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I have with me uh, my good friend, Mr. Andy Jessup. He's hello. here. Andy, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. All the people. All the people. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? Um, they're probably fine. They can't answer you, but you are free to talk to them as if they can. <laughs> well, you um, know. Sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I talk. Yeah. Like when people are struggling. My favorite thing to do is when people are struggling for an answer to something that I know the answer to, and I'm like yelling in my, stair- in my car like, it's, it's, and I give them the answer, but I know they can't, they can't hear me because they already either did or did not figure it out in real time, so... There you go. It's um, a conversation. Isn't it? <laughs> it should be. Yeah, that would be interesting. Exactly. Probably weirder, but uh, definitely more interesting. Um, so anyway, Andy is here. I don't know if you can tell, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but Andy is not from from here. Get the elephant out of the room first, Yeah, let's right? just immediately dispel any rumors. Andy is not um, from the United States of America, although he has lived here for a while now, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so Andy is from England, and he's going to talk about that in more detail uh, throughout the the conversation here, um, which means he is the most um, uh, knowledgeable person in the in the on the face of the planet about soccer, um, and so it seems like it's the most the most logical next place to go is to uh, for me to talk about from my you know unknowledgeable American perspective about this about my experience with the sport um, and take it to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Uh, so that's what we're going to do with today's episode. Um, and so we're going to begin, Andy, just with some pretty simple uh, background information. So you grew up in England, so tell us a little bit about growing up in England and, and what role that, um, that soccer has on the other side of, of the ocean. I'm not going to say the pond, because that's what everybody says. You just did and say it's the not pond. a pond. It's, it's an ocean. So I moved to the States. 12 years ago so that was what 20 I was 27 so I lived in England 27 years and for maybe since I was 10 maybe a little younger I began to have a concept of what soccer or football right uh is a long story about why the name soccer became soccer <laughs> we could probably do a whole podcast we on could that. do a whole, well yeah you've heard my explanation on yes. that it takes a while <laughs> um I think I think in football, in English, I'm going to call it football. That's because, fine. Because I'm used to it. Call it what it is. Okay. Um, because you use your foot to kick a ball. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> so, soccer in England is, and I've kind of been privy to this and part of this, it's like a religion. Think, think um, your college football on a Saturday right, afternoon. Right, the concept. Yeah. The concept. Uh, your whole town goes to watch because I live in Columbus right now, which is a big OSU because that's where OSU. Right. Um, play. That's Ohio. Ohio State. Yep. 
And so um, the Buckeyes, and literally their stadium holds 100,000 people, and it's sold out every week. Right. Even when they're not playing. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I'm sure if they had the chance, it would be. Um, you got the bragging rights as well. Uh, one of the things is um, your local pride, your pride in your local team. And one of the things that's different to... English football to um, soccer and American soccer, or even American sports in general, is there's more than one team. Right, in yeah, each I, was kinda, city. I was thinking that way because the proximity of it is yeah. the thing that's always struck me. It's like so, multiple, like we have one football team in, in Carol that covers <laughs> both of the Carolinas, and but that would be like right. heresy for an English, for English it, football to cover exactly. that much space. So, like, Robert, um, he's an Everton supporter. Yeah, and uh, for his sins, and um, in Everton uh, from a town called Liverpool. Well, you, most of you probably might have heard of Liverpool Football Club. They their stadium is actually half a mile away from Goodison Park. Right, you can Everton walk you across can the. Walk there's a, an, a literal yeah. park across the street that you can walk through, and you're there, right? And when they play each other, it's a huge deal, like huge deal. Yes. So it's it's not just the the result on the day. It's about going into work the next morning and seeing <laughs> your friends who are Liverpool supporters who have beaten Everton and so on and so forth. Right, which has been so normal it it really before. is a cultural thing. A good a good example of that was last year during the World Cup when England made the semi-finals. Nobody expected England to even get out of the group. I was like, they're going to struggle. We've got a manager <laughs> who doesn't know what's going on. And he was awful when he played for England. And literally, when England started to play well and get into the um, quarterfinals, semifinals, etc., etc., the whole mood of the country changed. Mm -hmm. There was actually... I don't know if you knew this, Robert, but... There was a CO2 shortage because of the amount of beer <laughs> that was being sold at the World uh, Cup. Ah, <laughs> England. Gotta love it. So, and, and uh, my mom over there told me the whole country is just like in a buoyant mood right now with all this stuff going on right. with the politics and everything, which is not what we're going to get into. No. But yeah, so football really does encompass... A lot of different emotions in England. Sure, and there's, I mean, you mentioned the politics, but there's even a certain element of like the way that politics play into like, because we're, I mean, we're talking about the the way that these factions are built into, mm. into cities and like one part of the like London's I think probably the best example. I mean, I don't even know how many teams there are in, in London, pro, like in the London metro I, area. There's. At, at least, least 15. Yeah, at which least. is crazy because it's not that big of a city. No. Um, and I, the funny thing is I remember I was over there. This was in 2002, so it was a long, long time ago. And I didn't really have any knowledge of, of, of the soccer thing. But if you had told me to, I could. I, I didn't see any soccer stadiums that I recall. I didn't see it because they're all so tucked into, into things. It's like, how do you make a... Yeah, they're in like housing estates. <laughs> yeah, like how do you fit a... a it's a very American thing because we like to make our structures visible from, you know, 50,000 feet and like, oh, there's the stadium over there. I can see it. Um, but it's very interesting. Like, I remember the one thing, like, uh, Everton played Millwall in the mm -hmm. FA Cup, I think, last year. Um, and you, you were talking, you were telling me about how 
they're in a nicer part of England now, but they're originated in a in a crummier part of town. Yeah. And they've carried that over into so now you have these sort of dodgier <laughs> folks coming into a a more sort of posher part of, of the of the neighborhood. And it's just interesting. Like you don't get that sort of differentiation between it's like if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, if you live in the state of North Carolina or South Carolina and you've got that it doesn't there's a different level of like you can be a really rich Carolina Panther fan or you can yeah. be a very poor Carolina Panther fan whereas you don't necessarily have those types of things going on in a lot of towns because of the the stark socioeconomic things but that's neither here nor there um, I just think it's kind of interesting the way that that works yeah so are there any any other pieces of information about your your growing up or any the role that that soccer has in there I mean it's it's funny because I I love soccer and I love everything about it. My dad, who's no longer with us, he hated the game. Really? Oh yeah. Interesting. He, he did not like the game. He used to tell me that whenever um, they play it at school. So you know, in like school football, most people in school, um, kids, it's normally the first kid to get to the board. It's just like a big sure. pack. Of, yeah. So my dad was the one running away from the board. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, but really, my love for soccer came um, with my grandpa, my grandfather. Okay. Yeah. Um, every year, we we go down and see them um, at least two or three times a year. And I remember as a kid sitting on my grandpa's lap watching, or not watching, but talking about football and different things. Mm-hmm. And it's just an, I don't remember like specific conversations, but, sure. but it's just that memory yeah. of, of football being ingrained in me. And uh, like I said, I kind of came first aware of football was maybe when I was 10. Okay. Um, during that World Cup. Yeah. Um, Italian 90. Um, the Pavarotti Nessendorma. Sure, sure. Is a big soccer anthem because gotcha. of that World Cup. Even today, uh-huh. whenever I hear that, it brings memories of nice. Bobby Robson. The, the funny thing, you say 10 years old, but that's the... Again, the sort of American perspective. That's that's about the time that most yeah. American kids bail on it because they right. were forced to play it for like when they were like six, seven, eight. Yeah. And then by the time you're nine or ten, you're like, eh, I don't do the same one. It's boring. Um, I think that's about, that was my story growing up as a kid. I played it for a couple of years when I was really little, mm-hmm. but after about nine or ten, it was like, ah, I can go play baseball. I can go play basketball. I can go do other things that are, you know, quote unquote more interesting, uh, which was what I thought at the time. I can now tell you very differently. But um, did your uh, grandfather have a specific team that he followed or what was the story of that i mean so you 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 we talked sorry we talked about the um the sort of in town thing you have a very similar thing in the town that you're from is that correct yeah exactly so my my grandparents um they live in um a suburb of southampton so my grandfather was um supported southampton but i did not know this till a few years after he passed away that he um right before the second world war he actually played as a striker for Bournemouth. Really? Yeah, when Bournemouth charity, were not huh? when Bournemouth were not Bournemouth of now. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were like way down mm. in the bottom leagues. That's fascinating. I know, right? Um, it's not like I could walk into the stadium and go, "Hey, I'm Bert Jessel's grandkid. <laughs> Give me free seats." Yeah, like, there you are. <laughs> yeah, get out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me, my team. I grew up in Bristol. I'm a big believer of you support your home team. Sure. Um, so. Yeah, well, as a kid, I would grow up and I'd follow the popular team, United, mm-hmm. Arsenal, Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. 
but then when I kind of grow a bit more um, cognitive of football, I started to follow Bristol City. Mm-hmm. And then my team been there, support season ticket five years. Nice. Yes. And and what is there? there what's the other? Is it Bristol? Bristol Rovers are the, Rovers other, team? Are the other team. So it's kind of like the Man City, Man United. Yeah, thing. Man, Bristol Rovers actually live close. Live play closer <laughs> to where my mom lives, um, in the north of the town. Bristol City play south, like way south of Bristol. Right. Takes like two buses to get there. Oh wow! Yes. But you was there something about city that 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 you decided to connect with as opposed to Rovers? So for me, it was not that they were the most successful team. But it was that they were the most successful team as well. I had a paper round mm-hmm. and my dad wouldn't let me ride my bike <laughs> um, because he's like, you have to keep getting off and on it. So you guys just walk. Uh-huh. Right. Well, it's just logic. Yeah. So what, what, I, what I would do, and obviously this is in the days before we had music in our pockets. Right. Um, what do I do to pass the time? I'd read the paper. Well, I'm not while you're walking. When I was walking. <laughs> well, I'm not. I wasn't like interested in the. It's the uh, early days of texting while walking, right? <laughs> right. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't interested in the bus crashing off the highway. You know, right. I was interested in the the football on the back. Mm-hmm. And because Bristol City were the more successful team, they would get the more coverage. Right. That's and how it works. By, that's how it works. So I got more of a knowledge for Bristol City. Gotcha. And then when I was in my youth group, my youth leader was like, he's a Liverpool supporter. And he's like, Bristol City are playing Liverpool for their centenary match at Ashton Gate, which is Bristol City's ground. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a youth group outing to Ashton Gate. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and that was kind of the start of it. Consequently, that's a very cool youth group outing. We right? just went to theme park. <laughs> I wish that we could have gone to, you know, monumental soccer events or some kind of thing like that. That would have been way cooler. But anyway, um, that's that, that's awesome. So still following them after all these years? Still supporting them. How's yeah. that going? Uh, doing okay right. with championship. We, we need to push on and go for the premiership now and not mess it up like we have. Right. I really thought this was your year. It looked like you guys were, were making a push. Yeah, but then... Uh, fell the apart pro- at the end there. The problem with our team is we can't lose one game or two games. We have to lose ten. In a row? In a row. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can go on good runs, mm-hmm. but then we can go on bad runs. Right. That's never never so, a way to handle it. When you're, you can do that like if yeah. you're you know, in baseball where you're playing right. 162 games when there's only like yeah. 38 in a season or something. A little harder to run, go off on <laughs> four, five, six in a row where right. things don't go very well. Yeah. Um, cool. Um... So obviously you still follow them from afar and, you know, the internet certainly makes that easier, I think I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but what other uh, connections are you, do you have going on with, with soccer now? What's it, what's its role or football? What's its role in your life these days? So back home, my typical Saturday would be get up, play football go to watch Bristol City, come home, watch the highlights mm-hmm. of the... the <laughs> of the game the, you just watched. Of the game I just watched. Well, no, right. the Premiership games. Right, right, right. Um, these days, obviously I don't have that. I can't do that mm-hmm. physically anymore. Right, that um, would be hard. I can't physically play 90 minutes of football anymore. I'd, <laughs> I'd like die in the first five minutes, I think. But, um, <laughs> I'm done, guys. <laughs> but I find football now to be a relaxing thing for me. Yeah. Like, I can just chill out on my couch. Like, in... So the games in England, um, obviously five hours ahead. Mm-hmm. So a three o'clock kickoff is a ten o'clock kickoff. Here. Right. Yeah. 
which to this day, 12 years later, I still haven't got still used get, yeah. to watching football. Well, with, and then you got to wait. With, and then when daylight like savings time hits. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's 9 I can, o'clock in the morning I and you're like, this is weird. And other than Bristol City, I'm not as emotionally tied to the game mm-hmm. as, as I used to be. Because it's not in my face every moment. Right, every yeah, moment yeah. Yeah, the the one thing I I have that I noted on my on the last episode was I th- the cool thing is about being in America, and I don't know if you feel the same way, is that you get the year round thing. Yeah. Because of when the United States plays their games, like March to September, October. Yeah. And then right around the time when that's starting to get into a lull, you're a month and a half into right. into English. So you always have something going on. There's literally always something to pay attention to. And, and that's the thing. Like, in, in the end of May in England, when the Premiership ends and, you know, we've had the FA Cup final and mm-hmm. the European Championships, unless it's a um, World Cup or in, an international tournament, kind of like, right. okay, what do I do for yeah. the next two, three months? So what are you doing with that? Did you Have you latched on to anything here in the I, States? Because I live in Columbus, Ohio. I do watch um, Major League Soccer. Um, I watched the Columbus crew when I lived in Tampa I would go watch the Tampa Bay Rowdies it, for me it's not so much a uh, I'm going to support the team it's more of a I want to go watch a game of football right um, obviously I do get a little bit emotionally involved at sure. times and and I apologize to any American referee who's got the brunt of that emotionally involvement <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you all suck yeah <laughs> I mean, I don't know very much, but I can tell you that's true. Um, <laughs> it's funny, so because we were talking about, I was talking last last time about the um, about my connection with that um, with the Charlotte Independents who play in the same league as the the Rowdies do. Yeah. Um, and the supporters group is on a far side, and so the the uh, the line judge on that on that whatever line judge is on that side of the field just gets mm-hmm. harassed the entire time. Last week was the first time I ever saw one of them turn around and sort of acknowledge what was going on. Yeah. I don't know what somebody said to him, but he turned around and kind of looked and he smiled. <laughs> it just must have been so because there have been some hard. I don't know how those guys ignore people. It's tough. They because there are some really mean things that are said to, to them. I've, I've said Even a on few the of sort them. of like family friendly level, keeping it you know relatively PG, there's still some things that are said to them. I don't know if they have any clue how. Yeah, people. It's, would, you just be like, not, it's a thankless job that yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Um, but also, yeah. Fun, yeah. funny story. Yes. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, he's uh, he's from Pittsburgh, so he follows Pittsburgh Riverhounds, right? Right. And um, he he went to a game, and it had uh, they were playing Tampa Bay Rowdies, and so in the Tampa Bay Rowdies, they had a player from England who could have been one of the best players. In for England, but uh, circumstances never made that happen. Yeah. Um, so my friends like that guy looks like Joe Cole. <laughs> Where did they get this guy who looks like Joe Cole? <laughs> and his friends were like, "It is Joe Cole." So Joe Cole came over for a corner, and my friends like, "Didn't you used to be Joe Cole?" <laughs> <laughs> did he say something? <laughs> he looked at him. So when uh, DC United came to play Columbus Crew the other day. The other week, Wayne Rooney was on the field, and yeah. I shouted, "Didn't it used to be Wayne Rooney?" I got a glare. Did it's he? kind of funny. Yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed in DC United right now because yeah. there were there were rumors circulating about because of the Wayne Rooney connection, and that there was that Everton were going to make a stateside trip to come play a friendly mm-hmm. for the preseason. Apparently, it did not happen. I don't know what what happened there. 
that. So that'd have been fun. Well, Bristol City are coming over here in two weeks. Really? Yeah, they're going to Tampa. Nice. Which works out great for me because yeah. I have ties in Tampa. So. Yeah, that works out. That, yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Right? Awesome. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's uh, obviously about your role in life. All right. So now here's the here's the tough question. Um, and you feel free to, you know, just rip it apart as much as you want. Um, so there, this is a two-part question. Uh, so first of all, what does America get right about soccer fandom? And then what do does America get wrong and Americans get wrong about sort of the entire gamut of fandom, as it were? So and this is obviously your opinion. You know okay. So first of all, you have to kind of understand the concept of American sports. And I've been to a basketball game. I've been to a hockey game. I've been to... I haven't been to a baseball game, but um, I've been to a, a football game. Right. And the thing, American football, yes. in it. Um, and the thing is, is in America, sports is a social event. You go with your friends, you have beers, you have nachos, you have a good time, mm -hmm. and there's a sport, something going on in yes. the field. Yes, I agree. Most with of that the time. Sentiment. Most yeah. of the time. With soccer, that doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. And. That's where it falls down. Okay. Um, because you've got this American concept of going for a social time, mm -hmm. but it works in those sports I mentioned because there's all the stoppages mm -hmm. and stuff for commercials. Whereas soccer is a constant, something yeah. constantly going on. The 45 you, minutes you, straight you, of 45, action. Right? Or not action, depending well, on yeah, the yeah. game. But, uh, <laughs> but um, quote unquote. But you, it's hard, you have to focus. And, and the problem is, is Americans go to these games and you've probably seen it when you go to Charlotte and I've seen it when I, um, when I go. The supporters teams don't watch the games. Yeah. They're singing songs the entire time and they have no clue what's going, <laughs> what's going on on that field. And it's a little frustrating. Yeah, I, I think our supporters group, the, the lot of them pay attention to most what's going on, yeah. but I can guarantee you most everybody else in, in the stadium is sort yeah. of paying attention to this and paying attention to that, and they're having their conversations, and then yeah. when you hear the buildup and, oh, something's going, oh, let me turn my head and sort of pay attention right. to what's happening over here. And uh, we're going to talk about this in a moment, I think, but that, <laughs> was a, that was a very big thing for you when we went to um, yeah. uh, your yeah. first experience. But I will, I do want to give props to, um, can I say their name on the podcast? Sure. Uh, to NBC Sports. They, yeah, they're not paying any They're not any paying money. you. Yeah, they're no. not paying any money. But they, um, their coverage is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, they got some knowledgeable guys who talk about the game, who talk you through the game if you're um, not adverse to it, but right. they don't t talk down to you. Yeah. Like ESPN used to do <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago before Lexi Lattice stepped, stepped in. Um, <laughs> well, he's at Fox now. He's so. at Fox now, right? And um, they also do some fan experiences across the country, which mm -hmm. is good at bringing people in. So yeah, they did one for the um, the, the Merseyside Derby in yeah. Boston yeah. last year, which was so would have been cool to go to. But they're they're getting the concept of how um, to bring fans into the game, not to support it properly. I don't think it was a proper way to sure, support sure. it. Um, but it was interesting because um, a few weeks ago, I I went to Columbus Crew to watch mm -hmm. the DC game, and then. I flew home to England to see my mom, and like three days later, I was at a championship match watching Bristol City play Derby County. 
It's like night and day. <laughs> like the singing and everything is responding and reacting to right. the action. Yeah. It doesn't happen in American support, support sure. fandom. It's just, we're going to sing songs <laughs> because we want to sing songs. And we yeah. have a whole playlist, song list yeah. of things we're going to sing. Whereas in England, your song reacts to mm. the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that's, that's all, all fair. And I think... Uh, the I think the, the the best thing that that NBC has done with it is they sort of have figured out a way to keep it from my perspective they've figured out a way to keep it pretty true to what it is but they've also understand that Americans understand fandom a little bit differently and so they're kind of feeding into some of that yeah you know trying to recreate I think that's what those those meetups are about. Like, they understand mm -hmm. that, like, if you go to Goodison Park, all the bars, the people who are not inside the stadium yeah. are at every bar surrounding the and stadium that's... watching the game. And they're trying to recreate that a little bit, right. but also understanding that a lot of Americans sit at home and watch these things. And they're. And that's another thing is um, in England, we don't have tailgating. <laughs> okay. So you can go to the game early, you can go to the stadium, and. Um, you can get a beer before the game, or you can go to the bar, the pub, and buy a couple of beers, or buy a beer beforehand. Right. Um, but you're not going to drink any more than two or three because it's like $10 a beer. Right. Right. Whereas when you hear on any sporting event, you do tailgating yeah. where the beer can be free, right. or you could have like down your own six pack, which is for the cost of a cost, right. price of a beer. And just, so when you walk into the football, soccer, baseball, basketball stadium, you're already maybe a little bit more lucid, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, oftentimes. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I wonder, well, and that part of that is probably a practical thing in that, like we were saying, there's these soccer stadiums are built into very small square Oh, you can't, there's no way. So there's no space around, like, but when you have a, you know, a, a, a parking lot that's as big as, that takes up as much space as the stadium itself surrounding the stadium, yeah. there's a lot of room yeah. for people to get themselves into trouble um, before entering into it. Um, American Outlaws. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I've had some fun with That was my first tailgating experience was yeah. the American Outlaws. Where? I was watching. In Columbus? No, um, Tampa. Oh. They played, I think it was... They uh, play a lot of American games in Columbus. Was, I know, right? They played um, one of the... Um, Caribbean teams, yeah, with two teams, two teams like Trinidad and Antigua, and or something. yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyway, so my first tailgate experience was with the American Outlaws. Mm, I'm sure that was interesting. That was. There's apparently a group of them here in Charlotte that yeah. have been getting together for the Women's World Cup games. Okay. That I've been that I'm like, hey, maybe I'll go. I thought about going on Sunday, but it was like right at right at a bad time. And that's, like, and that's not to bash the American Outlaws. I don't want Robert to get hate mail from them. Uh, yeah, please. No, don't you, send it to Andy. You I'll, guys... I'll um, attach his email address. I commend you in your supportiveness. It was just, <laughs> as a first-time tailgater, it was an experience. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. So it's, it's time to talk about some very serious things here. <laughs> um, uh, so I mentioned... I don't remember if I mentioned this specifically... Uh, so the story, there was a detail of, of my coming to soccer fandom, uh, that I sort of left out of my story last week. Um, and that was, as I said at the beginning, because I need this other person to add <laughs> the details to it. Um, but it's actually really important. It's a very important part of the fandom because in hearing the story, one would think that there's no way I would have actually ever gotten into the sport based on what happened during this time. 
Um, so Andy and I met in 2010, uh, like the spring of 2010. Um, and we, uh, two things happened that summer that I remember specifically. One, there was a World Cup that uh, the United States and England were in the same group. We don't talk about that game. Uh, we don't talk about that game because there was a small goalkeeping blunder that caused the English to lose a game that they probably should have won. But then um, that was supporting England. Remember how I said about not being emotionally right. tied? <laughs> yeah, that's um, 20 years What off. was that goalkeeper's name? <laughs> I'm not going to mention Rob Green's <laughs> name on the air because I don't want to embarrass him. <laughs> um, so there was that. So I remember watching that sort of like we, I came over to your house and we watched, I think we watched that yeah, game. Yeah, we did. But I, even then I was still a little bit like, okay, well that was cool, like. I mean, yeah. I talked about this. There was a lot of explaining. Having right, yeah, it was one of those, like, okay, well, I watched this, you know, seeing it. I've, I'd watched soccer before, you know, mostly surrounded by international cups, because at that point, that was the only thing that I knew that existed. Um, and then something else happened. Uh, so we found out that there was an international friendly being played in Charlotte. Charlotte is actually, as it turns out, a pretty decent soccer town, um, and they uh, get a fair amount of international attention. We actually have um, some gold cup games being played here this this summer, and there's they always bring the international champions cup thing that's ridiculous and stupid and for nothing so far as I can tell. Um, it's a series of friendlies. Yes, a series oh, of friendlies the, played by European. club teams. The top quote unquote top notch. I think we have Arsenal and so and, the uh, European teams here, can. Can get friendlies. Can send their can get match, players. Yeah, they can get <laughs> some match time it. under their, their belt. And the theory behind it is they're playing American MLS teams. No, that, they, no that this is the one where they play. Oh, no. They play, yeah, they play no, each they other. Cha- they've changed that now, haven't they? It used yeah, to be they play the MLS teams who are match fit yeah, yeah. and could provide a game. Yeah, no, they're playing so, it. They play each other and yes. they send their B squads over. But we're getting, we have one of those Arsenal and somebody else I can't remember. Um, isn't Arsenal's team just a B team? <laughs> Uh, in July. But anyway, so there was an international friendly uh, that summer. I don't remember. June. I thought, uh, it was before the World Cup because it was a World Cup warm-up game. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been like May, June, something like that. So one thing that you need to know is uh, Mexico play yes, so it was their, Mexico and Iceland. Yeah, That's Mexico and Iceland. So Mexico play all of their um, home in, um, comp- competitive matches in Mexico. Right. Um. But because there's a huge Mexican population in the States now, yes. they, they bring, yeah, right? They bring, and I think we met every single one of them at that game, <laughs> they bring their, their teams around, tour, basically tour the, the US mm-hmm. um, when they play their friendly matches. Right. So this is a World Cup warm-up game against Iceland. Yes. I think the, I think the, um, I don't remember, I think Mexico's playing here for the Gold Cup. I don't, yeah. I don't recall. But anyway, so Andy says to me, I have tickets for this game. Yeah. Do you want to go? Oh, that sounds like fun. All right. So, again, take it back. I My soccer experience was basically watching World Cups at different points throughout the last eight years or so. Um, but I'm thinking, sure, why not? How bad could it be? Um, so, so go to Bank of America Stadium, which is where the game's being played, which is, by the way, a terrible, terrible, terrible place to watch a baseball game or a so- soccer game because it's a... Football, football stadium, stadium, like an American football stadium. So the seats are not really set up for it because, if, if you're aware, a soccer field takes up significantly less space yeah. <laughs> than a football stadium does, than a football field does. So there's so everything's shrunk and condensed into this space. 
on the field and there's lots of grass around the outside where they're not using because it doesn't fit. Um, and so we're way up in the balcony. I think we were on a goal end, is that right? We were on the corner. Or something, yeah, something. In, we were in on a, the, we were in a place of, where you you can't really see what's going well, on. Well, we were looking, we were looking down the field, but we were kind of more on a corner. Right, right, right. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Goal in, sort of looking at it from a diagonal or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so we go and we get in, get in this, uh, in the stadium. And we're sitting in our seats and the game starts. Oh no, we gotta stop before that. And then. Oh, there's more. Okay, I don't remember. Maybe I've blocked some of this out. All right, Andy, you tell the story. So, so Robert and I, we get there, and I'm driving, and Robert could see how frustrated I get in because you couldn't move. So we get find our parking spot, and then literally we join a sea of Mexicans. <laughs> and the only thing we hear for the next three hours was, Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> oh, there's there was clapping involved too. There was, was, there was a lot of clapping. Mexico, clap, clap, clap. That was basically and the cheer. It was literally, it was, you moved when they moved. There was no, <laughs> there was yeah. no pushing. There was no shoving. Oh, yeah, okay. It was, and we actually got to the stadium ten minutes late. Did we? Yeah, because the game started. Okay. Because every man and his. A Mexican man and his Mexican dog decided to go to the game. <laughs> we should note that the Icelandic turnout not so was much. not so much. Um, Robert and I even toying with the idea of leaving and going to the Mexican community and helping ourselves <laughs> to some TVs. It would have been a great time. But we get, we get onto the concourse, and the concourse is empty. Yeah. And bearing in mind, Robert coming from an American sporting background where it's a social event and you can come back and forth, mm-hmm. he's like, where is everybody? <laughs> Why are they not buying expensive alcohol it's like, and, it's like the, and nachos? It's like a ghost town. But then was. we walk into the stadium and you're like... There's everybody. I found them. <laughs> and I, I seem oh. to remember the stadium was only like half full anyway. I mean, we're talking about a 70,000 seat football stadium again. So um, I think it was full. But there, there were a lot of people there. Again, mostly uh, yeah. rooting for Mexico. Um, and then on top of that, so all that was good. And so I'm just sort of watching. I don't remember the sort of crux of the match. What I can tell you is that Mexico and Iceland uh, played to a 0-0 draw. That is what I remember. I rewatched the match yesterday for in preparation <laughs> in, in, in preparation for today. And That's the kind of preparation that we expect here. It was awful. Like, I don't think the keepers did anything. I think there was so many missed chances or missed. I don't even remember anybody shooting at goal. Were the, there the some? The only piece of action happen? I remember is the Icelandic. Two things: the Icelandic guy doing the somersault flip before he did the throw-ins. Okay. And the streaker. Oh yes. Who got took down by one of the Panthers linebackers yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, amazing. Um, both those teams were in the World Cup last year. They were. Yeah. And Iceland had done pretty good for themselves. They did pretty well for themselves, yeah. Mexico, not so much. Um, Well, they just thumped Cuba the other night. It's Cuba. I know. There's like 11 people live on that island, so... That's true. That's true. But they did beat them, anyway. (laughs) And they're probably going to win the Gold Cup this year because (laughs) the United States is not trying anymore. That's the only (laughs) conclusion I can come to. But anyway, I do remember... Yeah, so that was... Quite an experience for, for, but again, and then we walk, I do remember walking back from, from, from our seats down the, the easiest way to get from, from the upper level to out to the parking lot is to walk this endless sort of 
these long hallways of, of going uh, paths going down and that was when we heard the 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 Mexico clap 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 all the way down yeah. like all the way down all the way down remember to remember they played Iceland to a zero zero draw and they were so excited about that and I didn't understand I I think I asked yeah. you several times like did I miss something like they didn't score the other team didn't score. I, I mean, at least I had enough information to feel like Mexico should be significantly better than Iceland. Yeah. Even if it was their C team, like I was, I was very confused about how that all worked out. But they were excited, and credit to them. Well, um, that's the thing. It wasn't that Mexico did play some of their their top players because they were trying to get ready for the World Cup. They they played Marquez. <coughs> they played Torado, who was kind of in the twilight of his career. Granted. I always feel like Torado is a player who should have been in the Premiership, but that's a personal opinion. <laughs> um, remember how excited I got when I realized he was playing? I do not. Because, like, again, that, that wouldn't have made any difference yeah, to me at that yeah, exactly, point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You could have been, you could have said anything to me at that point, and I would have been like, oh, okay. But, again, that, that just goes back to the whole um, around football being a religion. Right. Because one of the things with football is it's, it's an accessible sport. Like, Robert and I, we could literally grab a soccer ball, grab two sweaters, and go out and kick a ball and around. <laughs> Do we need sweaters? Well, for a goalpost. Oh, okay. Jumpers for goalposts. I got you. I see what you're you doing. I mean? um, whereas, you, you want to play football, there's a bit more involved. Sure. I mean, you can play you, some version of it, but... Yeah. Not... But, you know, we could literally go out and then, you know, more people can come and we can have like a, a game of passing around or, mm-hmm. or 2v1 you can't do that really in the sport sure it's That's true. so and and the thing is if Robert and I were to leave right now and fly to India and take a football with us they can play a well. soccer ball they can play because they anyone can kick and chase a ball yeah so, well yeah <laughs> theoretically theoretically I mean <laughs> I might get gassed halfway to get it and they'd be like you know what I don't need that ball it can stay where it is <laughs> right but, yeah. All right. So a couple more questions for you, and then we'll be done. This has been a, a, a fun conversation, I think. Um, so what are your all-time favorite soccer moments? We'll start with that, and then I'll ask you about okay. your least favorite soccer moments after that. So two experiences. First one is... Um, Mexico v. Iceland. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no. Um, the first one is one I experienced um, actually there, and one was more of the event. I'll start with that one first, I think. Yeah. Because um, it's when I really kind of truly fell in love with football. It was Euro 96, the European Championships held in England. Thanks. With all of the international teams. And I just remember the whole country being behind England and playing their games at Wembley. And the Lightning Seeds released a song called Three Lions. Which Lightning Seeds. That sounds like a fun band name. They're, they're a pretty cool band, actually. Nice. Um, look them up. Lightning Seeds. Okay. And um, it was just the whole country got in on it. And that's kind of when I got into I bought a sticker album and <laughs> would buy the stickers of all the players, you know. Um, and so that was, that was my first real football experience following a tournament from beginning to end. Nice. Getting into England. England losing in penalties. And... <laughs> Against Germany, as they would. Gareth Southgate, the current England manager, missing that penalty. To is this that, day, is I that why you're mad at him? Yeah. No, to okay. this day, I still only watched that penalty one time. I <laughs> have to, I have to look away. I am now after last year's World Cup. I am close to forgiving him. I'm still working through that process. Oh. But 
Wow. I'm willing to sit down and talk to him about it. Now. Okay. So. So Gareth Southgate, if you're listening, That's Andy's just, ready to talk. I'm ready to talk. Yeah. Yeah. You hurt me, man. No. <laughs> um. So. Like I said, I was a season ticket holder of Bristol City for a while, and um, when I was at college, they were playing a team called Mansfield Town. And in Mansfield, so I convinced a few schmucks to go <laughs> mainly because he had a car oh yeah <laughs> so you're I, like i really want to go to this game yeah but I don't know so i convinced him to go and it was without doubt the best game i've ever been to in terms of match quality maybe not so much <laughs> it was english third division sure after all but so here's what happened and I'm trying to remember in a nutshell. You didn't re- rewatch this game in person. I didn't rewatch this game because literally. <laughs> probably couldn't find it. <laughs> I, I know, I did find it, but it's literally like the 30 second sports highlight like <laughs> news report. That's funny. <laughs> um, but from what I remember, we went 1 0 up. And then. No, they went 1 0 up. And then we equalized 10 seconds later, I think through Scott Murray. Nice. Um, and then we had a player sent off. And then they went 2-1 up. And then they went 3-1 up. And then there was like 10 minutes left to play. 7 minutes left to play. And it came 3-2. 3 3 like a 7-minute wow, spell right at the end. And it was amazing like the best one of the like most ev- it had everything everything you could want in a game it had it had a, it had a controversial all in a 10 minute time all in a 10 minute time <laughs> i'm like man i could have saved some time here yeah no like it had sending off so it had it had like back and forth um you know goal one end goal or the other it had penalties you know it had just had it was just like a good advert for, for football nice so, so yeah. if you're looking for a good a good game to watch what year was that? Do you remember? Uh, 2003, I think. 2003. 2003, 2004. Bristol uh, Mansfield City. Town Mansfield versus Bristol Town. City. Yeah. Where are Mansfield Town now? Um, they're kind of in the west of... No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think they're professional anymore. Oh, wow. There <laughs> if, you go. There, if, if there's a are, story right Oh, there. if they are, they're, they're the fourth division. That's, yes. That's a bummer for Mansfield Town. Right. Um, they seem like they were trying hard. We'll find out. Oh, they're there. Okay, so I have the answer to that question. They are currently playing in... I don't know. Give them the answer to the... There. You don't know? Um, League uh, 2. League 2? Yeah. So yeah, third. The they fourth, were, the, they sorry. Were, the they fourth. were fourth in, in League 2 last year, so, so they're... So yeah, maybe, the, the fourth division then. Yeah, there you go. So maybe they went in promotion qualification. Maybe. Um, but it looks like they lost to MK Dons. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, those are, they're the, that's what they are. MK Dons. Oh, they, sorry, they lost to Newport County yeah. in the playoffs, so they're staying down. So. MK Dons is an interesting um, story. Talking about the comparison between English and American sports. Yeah. So in American sports, your teams are franchises. Right, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. And it's not unheard of for overnight, Robert, you know the, probably know the history better than me, um, of teams deciding they don't want to play in that town anymore and want to move states to another town. It's happened a few times. Happened yeah. a few, almost yeah. happened to Columbus Crew. Mm-hmm. So 
there was a team called Wimbledon who played in South London. Near the tennis courts? Near the, in that borough. Yeah. Yeah, in that, in that suburb. And um, their new owners decided that they didn't want to play in South London anymore. <laughs> there was money to be made in a town 50 miles north of London called wow. Milton Keynes. Ah. So they decided they would move. And they moved the team to Milton Keynes, rebranded them the MK Dons and everything. And you have to remember, some of these clubs in England are like 100 years old. Or more. Or more. One of these teams being Wimbledon. Mm. So a few people got a little... little uh, Upset. Upset. A little tight. A little, little tight about that, yes. Um, so they decided, rather than moan about it, they do something about it. Did they just start a new team? They started a new team <laughs> um, called AFC Wimbledon. Ah. And they entered and paid for their Football League Association, Football Association uh, membership, and entered the Football League system at the very bottom. <laughs> like, well, gotta start somewhere. Like the, the worst league in the world, in, in the country. And to cut a very long story short, they got <laughs> some ringers to help out. And in their 15-year history now, they've moved all the way up into League One through nine divisions. Yeah, they were in 20th place last year in League One. Oh, so. So, very, like, they were, they did not get regulated on right. on goal differential. Yeah. Which is an interesting conversation that could have been had about about the American versus, but we didn't want to really have, that's a lot, oh, that could probably be another podcast in and of itself. <laughs> but I think the, the, re, the short version of that is the reason the promotion relegation thing doesn't work here because of the franchise thing that you were talking about. Yeah. And there's money to be lost. There's There's a big difference between, like if you buy a professional sports team, you're expecting to get the same revenue that all the other sports teams in your, in your league are getting. And if your team losing, then Mm -hmm. loses you money. Well, that's nobody wants to get in on that. boat. Exactly. And that's, I could spend a, a whole hour talking about how I would fix American Soccer. Well, next time you're here, we'll do that. That's um, what we'll do. Next time that you come on the podcast, okay. we'll just talk about Andy's tips for fi- fixing American, American oh, soccer. And I'm actually going to put it on my podcast, too. So. There we go. There you go. We'll have a good thing. So, Cheap All right. Talk. So, um, least favorite soccer moments. Talk to you about your least favorites. Least favorite soccer moments. These are kind of harder because you don't think about them so much. <laughs> right. Of course not. <laughs> um, I have to say... It's never fun to watch your team lose. You Generally know? not. And so, Bristol City made the playoffs against Brighton and Hove Albion in 2003, 2004 season. And they were playing um, at um, the Millennium Stadium in Wales. So I went all left. I, I was at college. So I went all the way down from the mid, mid um, northeast of England, pretty much, to Wales. South Wales to watch this game and we were the better team I felt for most of the game but it was one of those we're the better team but they had they took the one chance they yeah, had yeah. which is I think one of the many things that people the people who are again who are like eh, soccer's dumb yeah. I think will say that yeah. kind of thing happens a lot but that's kind of the beauty of it too yeah yeah sure you no I, I mean I think you can certainly turn that but I think yeah. people who are like oh soccer's stupid but because it, you can play better than the, than the one team not score yeah. and the other team can get one shot and take it and right but that's 
that sucks when it was this thing. So, <laughs> so first of all, this game was live on Sky Sports, which is our version of ESPN. And so the game ends, my phone rings, I answer it, and it's my friend, um, David, and David's like, we're watching the game, you're on TV, you're, <laughs> you're crying. Aww. And so um, Brighton's nickname is the Seagulls. Yep. So the next day, I was, I was back at college, and we had chapel in the morning, and all the songs had, were all the worship songs were songs that would like <laughs> in all, ordinarily have the word eagle in it. Like I'd rise up like the eagle. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they changed the word to seagulls <laughs> just for me. <laughs> ah, only in England, man. That was or probably not, everywhere that else was in the world not except for America. Fun. And <laughs> oh, they were having a go. At you. They were having a go at me. They were they, they were basically just poking fun at me <laughs> in church. Remember what it's I said. Horrible. Remember what I said about football being yeah matter of pride. New English. Yeah. That's so, um, so that was probably the worst because that's some of the abuse I had to endure. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> uh, for a while, <laughs> um, and you know, kind of keep it on a a, a plane of symmetry from last time a live experience and a. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a viewing experience on TV I would say year 2004 um, because we the way we left it was a penalty shootout and it was one of those shootouts that I couldn't watch from the game to end there's a lot of that's the (laughs) running joke about England right you always end up your European competitions and World Cups always end in in penalty shootouts but we finished third in the League of Nations do boom a fucking... That's true. On a penalty shootout. So. Yeah, thanks to certain Everton goalkeeper who both scored and saved a penalty for you, if I'm not mistaken. Shameless plug. No problem. I'm, I'm, I don't feel any shame at all. It's true, though. Well, it's about the only decent thing he's done all season. Um, you know. <laughs> no comeback. Say what you will. Oh, I said it. He was all right. I he, said it. He, was, he definitely needs a break. <laughs> he's been basically playing every game since well, the World Cup. He's got last no. Year. He's got no competition from either. Yes. Either Everton or England. So. True. Yeah. And that that's one of the things. And again, we could go down a big rabbit hole here. But that's <laughs> there's one always of, rabbit holes. There's always rabbit holes. But that's one of the things with England, is, especially in their goalkeepers, is there's normally you'll get one good goalkeeper at a time, but you'll never get two. What do you mean? Joe Hart is not gonna push Jordan Pickford to see that. See, that's the thing. We had David. We had David Seaman, and then we had nobody else. And then he retired. And then we had David James, and then we had nobody else because we saw how Rob Greenwood out. And and then he retired. Mm-hmm. And then we had Joe Hart and nobody else. And now we've got Jordan Pickford and nobody else. Yeah. So there's never like two. Two people for well, you know you just can't get too comfortable. That's exactly. really the thing. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> all right, we all right. So we we often do. All right. So the last question is Talk the is the same one or a version of one that I'm asking every all the guests on the podcast. So uh, this is the things that matter to me podcast. But I'm also here because you're here because this matters to you as well. Mm-hmm. So just in you know a sentence or two, talk about why does you know soccer or really sports in general why do they, why do they matter? you as far as you're concerned so i kind of mentioned a little bit about um 
you know, you can go grab a football and play with kids outside. Right. right? And also, I mentioned how I support Bristol City, and I've supported them for 15-odd years in some of the worst, watching some of the worst games, and not a top team. So the thing is, is soccer particularly, people ask me, why do I support Bristol City? Why don't I support a big team? Well, first of all, you support your local team. I'm, I'm big on that. But there's, there's, there's that hope. <laughs> I would go to these horrible games, these horrible teams, week in, week out, in the hope that my team will play well, my team will win, and my team will give me that feel-good factor of getting promoted or winning the cup or, or whatever. So there's that hope. And then the, you've got the unity. Football, sports, brings people together. You look at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. The whole point of the Olympics is to bring people together. The whole point of sports is to bring people together. And you get... In, in these days, you don't get stories of heroism as much. Mm -hmm. But we can find... Not, I'm not talking like going into a building, burning building and dragging someone out type of heroism. Sure. I'm talking more these people from these backgrounds who have no right to do anything of this nature coming through. Like, um, I remember Olympics a few years ago where this like um, Ethiopian guy made the final of, or made the first round of the swimming competition. And there's no swimming program in mm. Ethiopia. And he literally um, learned to swim in a hotel swimming pool. Oh, wow. And he made the Olympics. And he finished dead last. But everyone... Like, that's an, that's an act of heroism, yeah, in a way. Cool. So that's, that's why I like sports in general. Yeah. And that's why sports matter. I think I think that's good, and that's very much on par with the a lot of things that I said last time. So I, yeah, that's 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 awesome, and I, I'm I'm definitely with you when I said a lot about this um, about like why the Everton thing, why that was the what part of the draw was, I wasn't I didn't feel like I was jumping on a bandwagon. Right. It's like this team's been around since the you know late 1800s. It's not a, and they haven't really. Anything in a long time. 1878. Um, yes, 1878. Is my I answer. Um, yes. Uh, so that made me feel like you know I'm getting onto something that feels like I'm not getting on to watch this team win mm -hmm. every yeah. week, but it'll be really great when when they do when they finally you know break their their run of whatever 25, 26 years without winning anything or right. Um, I think it's longer than that actually. <laughs> uh, they're gonna. The I'll Cup, be. I'll be part of that when that happens. The but FA I, Cup, two thousand uh, nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. But um, yeah. So that's good. Well, thank you. You're welcome for those thoughts, Andy. We've been talking for a long time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so as always, folks, be sure to check out um, our Twitter and Instagram pages. Uh, those are at ttmtmpod. Uh, you can find for more information on the podcast. You can talk about engage in some conversation about why these things matter to you. You can tell us what things matter, what things matter to you, or you can email me at things that matter to me pod at gmail.com. I'd be happy to receive your email and to chat with you and see what thoughts you have. Um, but uh, Andy, thanks again for being with me. This is a good conversation and uh, hopefully the people out there are going to love it just as much as we did. Probably not, because <laughs> there's no way, because we've enjoyed ourselves far too much. Um, but until next time, this has been Robert Morrison, and these things matter. Mm -hmm.